Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including Hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. Following is from the August 2000 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA. 18th degree, Knight Rose Croy, by Jim Tresner, 33rd degree, Grand Cross. The 18th degree is the final degree in the chapter of Rose Croy, and it marks a major milestone in the progress of the candidate. There are two sets of regalia for the degree, which correspond to the two major apartments into which the degree is divided. The apron of the Chamber of Darkness, which represents the world lost in the systems of philosophy which have failed to bring peace and harmony, the world in which the word is lost, is black with a large red passion cross on the body of the apron. The cordon is black, lined with red, and embroidered with a red passion cross. The jewel pertaining to the Chamber of Darkness is the compasses, open to 60 degrees, resting on a quadrant or segment of a circle. The compasses are crowned. Resting on the quadrant is an eagle in silver with its head lowered. Its wings are open but not spread. Above the eagle is a passion cross in crimson. The apron of the chamber of light, which represented the world after the rediscovery of the word, is white, bordered in crimson. On the body of the apron is embroidered the jewel of the chamber of light. It is an open, crowned compasses as described above. Resting on the quadrant is the nest of a pelican, containing seven hatchlings. Perched on the edge of the nest is the pelican, piercing her breast with her beak. It was anciently believed that the pelican tore her breast to nourish her young with her own blood. Thus the pelican became a symbol of self-sacrifice, philanthropy, and devotedness. It also symbolized the bounty of nature from which all living things draw their sustenance. Behind the silver pelican is a crimson passion cross. At the base is a sprig of acacia, and at the point of the crossbar is a crimson rose in full bloom. The regalia for the chamber of light also includes a crimson collar from which the jewel hangs. To add to the symbolism, the two aprons are, in fact, the front and back of the same apron, and the jewels are the front and back of the same jewel, so that one is easily transformed into the other. In both cases, the compasses carry their usual Masonic interpretation of spiritual awareness and self-control. The compasses are crowned to symbolize the fact that the Mason highest in rank or degree is only the highest among his equals. The crown also symbolizes the sovereignty of the people and the rights of self-government and self-determination. The eagle on the jewel symbolizes supreme wisdom and intelligence, deriving that meaning from the ancient Egyptians who remarked that the eagle's wings bore him high toward the light and away from the clouds. Thus the eagle and pelican together symbolize, respectively, perfect wisdom and perfect devotedness, and has been used as a sacred symbol from early antiquity, far predating Christianity. Thus, it may be said to represent the world or the condition of the world. It also has ancient associations with suffering and sacrifice. 
Thus, the cross on the chamber of darkness side of the jewel can be taken to represent the world in suffering when the word was lost. The rose has ancient associations with dawn, and thus with hope and a new awakening to life. The cross with rose on the chamber of light side of the jewel thus represents immortality won by suffering and sorrow. The association with immortality is strengthened by the addition of the sprig of acacia at the base of the cross. All of these symbols point, of course, to the transformation of the world with the discovery of the new law of love. That law of love redefines life and our responsibilities to others. It is no longer sufficient to say, I have done no harm. We no longer have the excuse of ignorance if we choose to pass by on the other side. Life becomes a positive affirmation of the worth of others and oneself. It is this law which transforms and directs the raw spirituality of the 17th degree by giving it shape and focus and mission. It teaches the great lesson of the brotherhood of mankind under the fatherhood of God. It affirms that your obligation is to each person simply because he or she is a person. It insists that our common humanity, our common sonship, is more important than any divisive consideration, more important than nationality, creed, race, social position, or wealth. Banished forever from the lips of a night rose croy are the words, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, Luke 8.11, for we know we are, in all that matters, like them indeed. The following article is from the September 2000 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA, and is written by Jim Tresner, 33rd Degree, Grand Cross. 19th Degree, Grand Pontiff. The title of this degree sometimes causes confusion, for the term pontiff is sometimes applied to the Pope, but the word is used here in its original sense of a bridge builder. A Mason is to build bridges to the future, both his own future and the future of his society and culture. Our nation is great, not by accident, but because of the sacrifices and efforts of our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents, and all those who have gone before us. One of the key lessons of this degree is the importance of building for the future. Another is the certainty that good will triumph over evil. Those lessons are reflected in the regalia of the degree. Perhaps the most unusual piece of regalia for the 19th degree is the blue satin fillet or headband. Embroidered with 12 gold stars, it brings together two of the traditional colors of the Blue Lodge, blue and gold, and symbolically suggests that the process of bridge building begins in those foundation degrees. But the ritual tells us that the fillet also symbolizes purity, for the slightest contact of the satin with the earth will soil it. It reminds us that it does no good to try to be virtuous most of the time, or usually honest, and we have to strive for perfection even if we know it's not possible to attain. The blue color also symbolizes the heavens. Thus, the fillet and its stars become a kind of miniature of the starry canopy of heaven. The twelve stars are rich in symbolism, referring to, among others, the twelve tribes of Israel, the twelve gates of the New Jerusalem, the twelve signs of the zodiac, the twelve fruits of the tree of life, and the twelve apostles. A little thought will suggest ways in which each of those sets of twelve represents a bridge toward heaven or the future. The same twelve stars appear on the cordon. The cordon is crimson, bordered with white. We have already seen that crimson symbolizes zeal and white symbolizes purity. The suggestion here is that the Grand Pontiff must act with zeal and determination, but that the zeal must set off or be confined by the greatest possible purity of morals, character, and motivation. 
The alpha and omega on the cordon are used in their traditional meaning of the first and the last, and therefore represent totality. The regalia also includes the breastplate of a high priest of ancient Israel. The breastplate is of gold set with 12 different stones. On each stone is engraved in Hebrew characters the initial of one of the names of attributes of God as cited in the ritual. The jewel of the degree is a rectangular plate of solid gold. On one side is an aleph, the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, corresponding to the Greek alpha. On the other side is a tau, a letter of the Hebrew alphabet that corresponds to the Greek omega. Again, the suggestion is of the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the full cycle, totality. The degree reminds us that we are supposed to make a difference in the world. We are to make it a better place for others, and we are not to do that reluctantly, but with zeal and fire. We must always be sure of the purity of our own motives. A mason who desires to help the world or to benefit others so that he can feed his own ego or for self-aggrandizement completely misses the point. The Twentieth Degree, Master of the Symbolic Lodge by Jim Tresner, 33rd Degree, Grand Cross. Blue and yellow, or gold, are the colors of the regalia of the Twentieth Degree. They refer us back to the blue or symbolic lodge. The apron is yellow, bordered and lined with sky blue. In the center of the apron is a drawing of the jewel. The jewel is composed of three concentric triangles, and the nine angles thus formed are the initials of the nine great lights or great virtues taught in the degree. Charity, generosity, veneration, heroism, patriotism, honor, toleration, truth, and justice. In the center, reading from right to left, is the Tetragrammaton, the holy name in four letters this time in Phoenician characters rather than Hebrew. Remember that Hiram was from Phoenicia. Beneath it, reading from the bottom upwards, is Yehi Aur, Let There Be Light, from Genesis 1-3. The cordon is of blue and yellow, reinforcing the blue lodge symbolism of the degree. The 20th degree derives considerable power from its essential simplicity. Pike is making the point that there is an important virtue to be practiced by a man when he is called upon to preside over a symbolic or blue lodge. But remember that, among other things, the lodge room symbolizes the life of the individual mason, as the master of the lodge symbolizes the mason himself taking control of his own life. That's probably the major symbolism involved here. The symbolism of the lodge and the worshipful master are so well known that we do not always give them the thought they deserve. Each can function both as a personal and universal symbol. Thus, the lodge room represents the world, and on a larger scale, the cosmic all, however many universes that may be. But it also symbolizes the life of the individual mason. The worshipful master can symbolize mankind and the ideal, but he also symbolizes the individual mason, whether or not he ever assumes the gavel. Since that symbolism holds true even in the entered apprentice degree, these symbols may be the first instance in the Masonic journey of the macrocosm-microcosm concept, the idea that the universe is reflected in each person or that each person is a model of the universe. The symbolism also reinforces Pike's insistence that man is not a bubble adrift on the seas of fate. A major purpose of masonry is to teach the individual that he can control his destiny. In fact, he must control it if he is to be truly human. 
We are not pawns in the game of life. We are the chess player. We are not intended to be victims, but rather masters over ourselves, albeit never over others. The virtues which help to give us that mastery are represented by the angles of five squares and three triangles on the tracing board. The squares. The first square represents prudence, temperance, chastity, and sobriety. The second square represents heroism, firmness, equanimity, and patience. The third square represents purity, honor, fidelity, and punctuality. The fourth square represents charity, kindness, generosity, and liberality. And the fifth square represents disinterestedness, mercy, forgiveness, and forbearance. The triangles. The first triangle represents veneration, devotedness, and patriotism. The second triangle represents gratitude to God, love of mankind, and confidence in human nature. The third triangle represents truth, justice, and toleration. The careful practice of these virtues, represented here by squares and triangles, helps to assure a positive and productive life. It isn't always easy, but these virtues are the best tools to use in governing the symbolic lodge, which is your own life. The 21st Degree, Noachite or Prussian Knight by Jim Tresner, 33rd Degree, Grand Cross. The 21st degree and its titles represent a curious historical accident. Although it is less discussed in Freemasonry today, in the 1700s and early 1800s, there was a strong Masonic tradition which placed Noah as one of the craft's major patrons involved with the preservation of the knowledge of antediluvian arts and sciences during the flood and its transmittal to the generations which followed. Some systems went so far as to make Noah the central legendary figure rather than Hiram. Freemasons were sometimes called Noachites or Noachidae, sons of Noah. In the degree, the story intermingles with that of the Vemgericht, a medieval court headed quartered in Westphalia, hence the term Prussian Knight. It is a strange combination, but it produces one of the most powerful and theatrical degrees of the rite. All the elements of high drama are there a meeting in the forest at night by the light of the full moon, men of integrity and power forced to confront personal biases they did not know existed within themselves, the ease with which one may fall into dishonor, the power of faith. All this and more takes the stage in this degree. It is a powerful cautionary tale. The apron of the 21st degree is yellow, lined with white. On the flap is an arm of justice, that is, an arm holding a naked sword and prepared to strike. On the body of the apron is a winged human figure. The forefinger of his right hand is on his lips, and he holds a key in his left hand. He is the Egyptian figure of silence. In A Bridge to Light by Dr. Rex R. Hutchins, 33rd degree Grand Cross, points out that the wings are an addition and that Plato indicated wings symbolized intelligence, while to the alchemist they represented the higher active male principle. Two different jewels may be used with this degree. On it is a triangular plate of gold having on it an arrow pointing downward, or the jewel may be a disc of silver representing the full moon, showing an arm of justice surrounded by the words fiat justita ruat coelum, let there be justice though the heavens fall. The cordon of the degree is a broad black ribbon worn from right to left. There are several important lessons in this degree. The first is the great importance of a free and legitimate judiciary. Elsewhere, Pike points out that access to the courts is more important than access to the ballot box. 
The second important lesson of this degree is that we must be very, very careful when judging others. By definition, we are making a judgment on the basis of inadequate data. We should especially be hesitant to judge someone negatively. Almost all of us have had the experience of deciding that we didn't like someone we just met, only to find out later that the person is truly good and someone we would want as a friend. Being human, we will form first impressions, but we must be willing to set those aside when more information comes to us. A third important lesson is that we must never become too impressed with our own knowledge or ability. We must not, in other words, of ritual, become wise in our own conceit. Doing so not only leads us into error, it also makes the error self-perpetuating. A fourth important lesson is that of the strength of faith. Often, only faith will be there to sustain us. In the degree, this is not just faith in God, but faith in some ideal or goal such as justice, or faith in the ultimate triumph of right, or even a faith in our own ability. Finally, the degree teaches that we should be humble and modest. At times, we are capable of an almost incredible arrogance. We are perfectly willing to tell God what is wrong with the world He made and how He should fix it. Many of us are willing to assassinate the character of someone else because it makes us seem more important to ourselves. We not only pass on slander about someone, we embroider it around the edges to make it a better story. The whole and wrongful purpose is to give us a sense of moral superiority, a feeling to which we have no right. In our country, we have no fear we will be hauled before a secret court at the dead of night, as happens in this degree, and be forced to defend our actions and character. Let us be very sure that our own hearts do not become the secret tribunals for the trials of others. The following article is from the January 2001 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA. 22nd Degree, Knight Royal Axe, Prince of Libanus. Written by Jim Tresner, 33rd Degree, Grand Cross. The 22nd Degree marks only the second appearance of the color purple in the regalia of the Rite. Its symbolic meaning is the same as in the 13th Degree a mixture of spirituality and zeal. It sums up well the basic theme of this degree, that work is noble in and of itself, and that to work in a noble cause is to pray. The apron is white, lined, and bordered in purple. On the body is embroidered a round table on which are mathematical instruments and unrolled plans. There are two likely symbolic meanings of the emblem. First, all who truly labor are equal no matter what the work, nor whether it is physical or mental. In this case, the round table symbolizes equality, as did the round table of King Arthur. A second meaning is that God, the Creator, graciously allows us to share in His creative spirit. In this case, the circular shape of the table represents deity, and the plans and mathematical instruments indicate our creative efforts. On the flap of the apron is a three-headed serpent, The body of the serpent represents idleness, while the three heads represent the vices which are often the result of idleness, drunkenness, impurity, and gaming. This is the second time in the Scottish Rite that the symbol of a serpent with three heads has appeared. It also appears in the 19th degree, where the heads represent error, falsehood, and intolerance. Since the serpent does not appear on the regalia of the 19th degree, it was not mentioned in that degree's essay. The order of the 22nd degree is a broad, rainbow-colored ribbon lined with purple. It may be worn as either a collar or a sash. 
the symbolism of the rainbow is interesting here and probably operates on several levels at once. The rainbow is closely connected with the story of Noah, of course, and the initial of Noah's name appears on the jewel of the degree, a golden axe, as one who has made use of the cedars of Lebanon for sacred purposes or at divine direction. The rainbow is also a symbol of purity, since it appears only when the air has been washed and purified by the rain. Also, it is a symbol of hope, as it appears after the storm, and a symbol of the covenantal relationship between God and man, deriving from the story of the flood. A symbol of unity and diversity, because it is white light split into its component parts. It is also a symbol of growth and development, as one moves from one color, or state, of being to the next, and these seven significances compose only part of the rainbow's rich symbolism. The jewel of the 22nd degree is an axe of gold. In A Bridge to Light, Dr. Hutchins, 33rd degree Grand Cross, tells us that the initials on the top are those of Noah and Solomon. Those on the handle are the initials of Libanus and Sudinian. Those on one side of the blade are the initials of Adoniram, Kuros, Darius, Zerubbabel, Nehemiah, and Azra, while those on the other side are the initials of Shem, Kam, Japheth, Moses, Aholiab, and Betzalel. The men so memorialized are those who use the cedars of Lebanon under divine guidance. The central idea of the degree is the dignity of work and hence the ignobility of idleness. The Scottish Rite teaches that each person has a responsibility to be productive, not just in his own life, but in the lives of others. Work is not a curse from God. It is one of the greatest blessings he has bestowed on us. When we work, when we are productive, when we create something which was not in the world before, when we find answers to problems, we are partaking in the creative nature of God. In a beautiful passage, Pike shows that the axe is more noble than the sword, for the sword can be and is used as a means of conquest and subjugation. But in the hands of the pioneer, the axe becomes the instrument for the spread of civilization. Thus, the axe is far more likely than the sword to be used as an agent of benefit to humanity. The Scottish Rite Mason who holds the 22nd degree is pledged to the support of civilization and culture and, above all, to work to assure those goals. As Albert Pike wrote in Morals and Dogma, Masonry seeks to ennoble common life. Its work is to go down into the obscure and unsearched records of daily conduct and feeling, and to portray not the ordinary virtue of an extraordinary life, but the more extraordinary virtue of ordinary life. What is done and borne in the shades of privacy, in the hard and beaten path of daily care and toil, full of uncelebrated sacrifices, in the suffering and sometimes insulted suffering, that wears to the world a cheerful brow, in the long strife of the spirit, resisting pain, penury, and neglect, carried on in the inmost depths of the heart. What is done and born and wrought and won there is a higher glory and shall inherit a brighter crown. The following article is from the March 2001 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry Southern Jurisdiction. 23rd Degree, Chief of the Tabernacle, by Jim Tresner, 33rd Degree, Grand Cross. Colors associated with the tabernacle dominate in this degree. 
the apron is white, lined with crimson, and bordered with red, blue, and purple ribbons. The color symbolism is slightly different than in the other degrees. The meanings are taken from the writings of Flavius Josephus. White symbolizes the earth from which the flax for linen grows. Following the obvious color symbolism, red symbolizes fire and blue symbolizes the sky. Here, purple symbolizes the sea since the color purple originally was obtained from a dye extracted from the shell of a mollusk. To these symbols, we add the more traditional Scottish Rite meanings. Thus, white symbolizes the earth, but also the beneficence of God, who made the earth. Red represents fire and zeal, but also the glory of the deity. Blue symbolizes the sky and the infinite heavens, but also the wisdom of God. Purple represents the sea, but also the power of God. Thus, in the colors of the apron, we find symbolized the physical world in the form of the four elements, earth, air, fire, and water. But we also find symbolized the attributes of deity, beneficence, glory, wisdom, and power. In the center of the apron is embroidered the golden seven-branched candelabrum. The seven lights hold for us the same symbolism they did for the ancients. The seven planets, Sun, Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. It also represents seven manifestations of God, and thus seven sephiroth. Justice, mercy, beauty, glory, victory, dominion, and kingdom. Thus, again, the physical world is symbolized by the planets, and the spiritual world is symbolized by the attributes of deity. A red leather belt is worn over the apron. The bottom edge of the belt is fringed in gold. From the belt hangs the jewel of the degree, a censer, a burner for incense, in silver. Its shape is that of a hand holding a bowl. The silver of the censer and the gold of the belt's fringe and the candelabrum give us the symbolism of the sun and moon, or male and female again reinforcing the idea of completeness and totality already symbolized by the presence of the physical and spiritual worlds in the rest of the regalia. It reminds us of our duty to God and the need to offer up the acceptable sacrifices of good deeds and acts. This degree begins the exploration of the ancient mysteries. The candidate here represents a young Levite presenting himself for initiation into the first mysteries of the Hebrew priesthood. The mysteries represented a series of increasing purifications of the body and spirit and an increasing awareness of one's own spiritual identity. It was not a single event, but a process, not an act, but a journey. The goal was self-discovery. It still is. The following article is from the September 2001 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA. And this is the article on the 24th degree apron. My Jim Tresner, 33rd degree, 24th degree, Prince of the Tabernacle. Here we move more deeply into the ancient mysteries, and that movement is reflected in the regalia. The apron is white lambskin, lined in scarlet and bordered in light green. The flap is light blue. On the flap, in violet, is a myrtle tree, a symbol of immortality. An Arabic tent is painted in gold on the body of the apron. As in the 23rd degree, a belt is part of the regalia. It is made of light green Morocco leather, edged with gold lace, and decorated at the bottom with gold fringe. From the belt hangs a silver censer, as in the 23rd degree. Also hanging from the belt is the jewel of the 24th degree, the Phoenician letter Aleph in gold. Thus, the silver censer and the gold Aleph repeat the moon-sun symbolism we have seen earlier. The collar of the degree is of narrow, violet-colored ribbon, from it hangs a larger gold aleph, similar to the one which hangs from the belt. The cordon of the 24th degree is a broad, watered scarlet ribbon. 
embroidered in gold on the cordon are a winged globe, a scarab beetle, and a butterfly. The majority of the symbols of the regalia for this degree speak of immortality. The winged globe symbolizes leaving this life and moving to a higher plane of being. The scarab is found everywhere in Egyptian art, especially in tomb paintings. It was a symbol of the sun and therefore of life, and carved scarabs were used as amulets against death, disease, and misfortune. The butterfly is a symbol of rebirth and immortality because a caterpillar, after weaving a cocoon, emerges from it as a new, more glorious being. The light green of the belt and apron border symbolizes spring with its reawakening to life. The aleph, as the first letter of the alphabet, symbolizes beginning and rebirth. The aleph also alludes to the pentagram or five-pointed star. No matter how you turn a pentagram, you can read the letter A. Also, A is the initial of Adonai, one of the principal names of God, or the Bible translates it as Lord. Since the pentagram is also a symbol of man, the aleph in this degree can be understood as symbolizing the interaction between deity and humanity. The lessons of this degree can seem obvious, but when we think about them deeply and consider their implications, they rapidly become profound and can even be uncomfortable. Lesson 1. There is power in our faith in the deity and his promises. Notice that we are not simply saying there is power in the deity. We are saying that there is power in our faith, that there is power which resides in us. Lesson 2. The soul is immortal. That is something which presumably we as Masons believe, but we often act as if we do not believe it. We may give more attention to pleasure than to the strengthening and cultivation of the spirit. That makes sense for someone who believes death is followed by annihilation, but for someone who believes in the immortality of the soul, it is like spending the entire year's income in the first three months of the year. Or, as Brother Mark Twain sardonically observed, every man says he hopes he goes to heaven, but few take the trouble to learn to play the harp. Lesson 3. There is one true God, who is absolute intellect and experience. The risk here is that we tend to assume our visualization of God is so correct and perfect that anyone who disagrees must be wrong. A belief in God should not make us intolerant of the beliefs of others. Rather, we should be willing to see that they may have simply visualized a different part of God's vastness, for he is far too vast and complex for any human mind to be able to say, I understand God, I know who he is, and therefore I know that you are wrong. Indeed, an important teaching of this degree is the universality of faith. The great truths have been encoded into many myths and hidden in many allegories over time. Our task is to understand those myths and allegories and to discover the truths beneath them. As Albert Pike wrote in Morals and Dogma, page 434, the human mind still speculates upon the great mysteries of nature and still finds its ideas anticipated by the ancients whose profoundest thoughts are to be looked for, not in their philosophies, but in their symbols, by which they endeavored to express the great ideas that vainly struggled for utterance in words as they viewed the great circle of phenomena, birth, life, death or decomposition, and new life out of death and rottenness, to them the greatest of mysteries. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.